Hey, live streamers. Well, guess what? We have a World Series matchup. One team came out of the blue, and another team not only earned it, not only looks heads and shoulders like the best team, not only in their league, but maybe in baseball right now, but is on the verge of doing something, let's face it, extraordinary. This is Lockdown MLB. Locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Where's my lower third? There it is. Call me Sully. That's right. This is a two episode day. We're, uh, two episode day we're doing here. I am an Emmy nominated television producer. I've been a stand up comedian, writer, actor, filmmaker, all that stuff. But I've been podcasting for a decade. In fact, um, if you listen to the audio feed, uh, there's going to be a special bonus show on tomorrow. That's right. I'll have three shows in your feed by uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about tomorrow, which is October 24th. You're probably listening to this one on the 24th. October 24th is a very important anniversary for me as a podcaster. But I'll get to that if you listen on the audio feed. Because we got to focus on the fact, well, that we have a World Series now. We know who's going to be in it. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm on Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I, I wanted to talk about the, the Phillies Padres series when that ended. Because I knew I probably had a lot to say about New York Houston, which ended probably what 10, 15 minutes ago. And I wanted to just give each league championship series their own their own day. Now this is the first time in was it 30 years? It's the first time in no first time in yeah first time in 30 years that we've had both league championship series end on the same day, uh, on the same day in 1992, when I was in New York University, the Toronto Blue Jays won their first ever pennant in a game six day game victory over the Oakland A's. And then later that day, really one of the hardest games that, there's, that, that my memory has ever had, which is the Francisco Cabrera game when the Braves beat the Pirates. Uh, there's a handful of games that um, that the team that was not my team played in that really was just a gut punch to me. And in the offseason, I'm going to go into some of those games. In the offseason, I have a lot of fun. We talk about games we love and memories and everything like that. But that Francisco Cabrera game, to this day, I, I feel is a little bit of a gut punch because I, I so love that Pirate team. I love, love, love that Pirate team. And they lost. But anyway, they both, both the um, Blue Jays and the Atlanta Braves clinched the pennant on that one day. Uh, today we have uh, Philadelphia won their shocking pennant. Um, and the Astros won a not so shocking pennant. Oh, hey, I'm just going to bring this up because uh, 
This is from one of my absolute favorite listeners. Uh, sent me a lovely postcard not too long ago. And I just want to say, Jeff Cohen, uh, good morning from Israel. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Um, uh, Jeff is as big a Met fan as there in the world. And he's living in a world where the last three full seasons have included pennants from overachieving Nationals, Braves, and Phillies teams. So good luck in Israel. Pray. Um, let's just go into a little bit. I mean, there's not a lot to break down in the series between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. The Astros were just better than the Yankees on virtually every front. The the most one of the interesting thing is the the Astros finally let up a run on the road because they remember they played an 18 inning shutout in Seattle and then had a shutout of New York in Game Three. Um, the Astros just got the hits when they need to get the hits. They got the pitching performances when they need to get the pitching performances. But the weird thing about the Yankees, and the Yankees are, they had a wonderful season, obviously. They won 99 games. For a stretch of the season, they had the best record in baseball. They won the division. They beat a very good Cleveland team that had them to the brink. And while I believe that Houston was the better team of the two of them, I can't believe that it was a sweep. Um, you know, the, the a couple of things in game three. I was going to do a recap of game three, but I just was a little too tired. And um, the, the weirdest thing about these couple of games is there was just some weird lackadaisical mistakes. The ball being dropped in the outfield. Runners being thrown out trying to steal. Stanton throwing to third instead of the second that put two runners in scoring position instead of holding someone at first. And, of course, Boone pulling Cole, I think, a little bit too early. Cole pitched very well against Cleveland. I don't want to hear about resting pitchers when the, when the season's on the line. And I, I didn't like how Boone handled the bullpen. But, you know, in the end, Christian Javier was great. In the end, until there was two outs in the ninth inning, the Yankees only had one hit. So it's tough to sort of nitpick little details when, you know, they were basically one hit until two outs in the ninth inning got two garbage time runs. I give the Yankees a ton of credit. They came bursting out of the gate. They got two runs in the first, a run in the third, uh, two runs in the first and a run in the, in the second. And then the Cortez injury, Jeremy Pena, hit the three-run homer. Yankees kept trying to fight back, but then there was Kiner Falefa was not at the right place on second base. The ball got away, and the minute that error was made, everybody knew the Astros were going to at least tie the game, and they tied and took the lead. And then the parade of relievers came out that Dusty Baker brings out, and here we go. The Astros won, and... I'm just going to say, the rest of this podcast is going to be basically about the Houston Astros. I'm going to say a few things now about the Keys. And then the Yankees, they're, they're done. It's, it's, it's Astros time. Um, you know, the Yankees were were manhandled. I mean, I give them credit for scoring five runs today. But once the, once the Astros got that lead back, you just knew they weren't going to let it up. You knew they were going to let it up. And there were some things, you know, Dusty over the years has been, you know, torched for how he's handled the bullpen. But think about what he did today. 
I mean, in one sense, you could say, did he leave Lance McCullers Jr. in too long? But he left, you know, he had McCullers Jr. pitch the five innings, and McCullers Jr. was not very effective. He let up eight hits in five innings. He let up nine base runners in five innings, letting up three earned runs along the way. But the game was tied. And he just he wasn't getting blown out. And so he had McCullers grind out those five innings. Naris pitched one inning. Abreu only threw eight pitches, but then Montero came out and Presley came out. And uh, you know, Naris let up the one home run. But Abreu let up no hits, no runs. Uh, no hits, no walks. Montero, no hits, no walks. Presley, no hits, no walks. In terms of batters faced, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And that was basically that was basically all the Astros needed to do. And the Yankees just fell flat. Boone made some strange decisions. And you know, the question marks are coming about again. Look at I've been saying the Yankees need a change in their front office for a while. I don't understand why Cashman is beyond criticism and why he he has defenders who jump up the nanosecond you imply that he, you know, maybe time to make a change in the front office, something that hasn't been done since 1998, basically. And Cashman's been truly in charge of this team since, what, 2006? And since then, they have fewer pennants than the Royals. And that is how Yankeedom is judged, right? By the trips to the World Series, by the titles. You know, we're now deep into the second straight decade without a Yankee pennant. And with this year, Aaron Boone has now been the manager for five seasons. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Five. Which is the longest amount of time a Yankee manager has ever been the manager without winning a pennant. You can go down every Yankee manager in their history. There's never been a Yankee manager who's gone five seasons without making one trip to the World Series. The closest you have is Showalter, who had four seasons, never got to the World Series. But you got the sense he would have probably in 1994 if there wasn't a strike. So Boone is clearly not the guy to take him to the next level. And you see times, you see teams let go of managers even if they got you know reasonably far in the playoffs because they say, oh, it's not the right person to do that. You want to know an example of a team that did that? The Yankees. When they let go of Joe Girardi after getting to game seven of the 2017 ALCS and they brought in Aaron Boone. I have nothing against Aaron Boone, even with my Red Sox fan background. You know, I've moved on from 2003. Winning, seeing your team win four World Series does a lot to heal wounds. There's a chance we saw Aaron Judge's last that bad as a Yankee. That's a real possibility. And it would be interesting if this era ended the way it did in in New York. It really would. But as it turns out, you know, they came up short. They looked like a legit pennant contender for most of the season. But, you know, going into this playoff, the Astros pitching staff was just better than everyone else. And they were a lot better than the Yankees. 
And so give the Yankees credit. They won the division. Give the Yankees credit. They got off the mat after two heartbreaking losses to Cleveland and got to the League Championship Series. But they got a roundhouse punch from Houston, and they're going to have to stare in the mirror because you can say it's a crapshoot, but when you keep coming up short, you got to wonder what's going on there. I mean, look at I actually don't think they're going to fire Boone. I'm not a betting man, but I think it's a surefire bet that they're going to bring him back, whether you like it or not. And if you're going to make any bets, may I recommend you going to Bet Online? Did you know that Bet Online remains the number one spot for all your football gambling needs and for the start of the new basketball season? Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Let's think about something. Dusty Baker is a manager who has been, he's been a manager in the major leagues since 1993. Okay. He is the first year he was a manager. He had the 103 win giants who were cruelly left out of the postseason because it was the last year before they expanded the postseason for reasons I never understood the Braves were in the West, even though they're an East Coast team. And since then, Dusty Baker has been a manager uh, in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. In each one of those decades, 90s, 2000s, 2010, in each one of those four decades, he has managed a team to the postseason. He managed the Giants in 97, 2000, 2002, winning the pennant in 2002. He managed the Cubs in 2003. He managed the Reds in 2010, 2012, 2013. He managed the Washington Nationals in 2016 and 2017. And the last three seasons, he's managed the Houston Astros. He's one of the few managers in the history of baseball to manage a team in the National League and the American League to the uh, uh, to the World Series, and he is 18 wins behind Walter Alston. If he gets 19, if he remains manager of the Astros and gets 19 wins, which I think is possible, he would move past Walter Alston for ninth all time in victories for manager lifetime. In other words, Dusty Baker should be considered an all-time great manager. And I've talked, I've done whole episodes on him. And if you don't like his methods or you don't like his technique, you don't have to, but you cannot deny the results. And he is four wins away from completely wiping away any potential criticism of him and cementing his argument for the Hall of Fame. But he's on the verge of doing something else too. He's on the verge of doing something that is... uh, well, it's never it's already never been done before. The 
Baseball playoffs expanded in 1969. Before 1969, whoever was had the best record in the American League played whoever the best record in the National League for the World Series. Baseball had expanded to the point where they said, we need to bring a few more teams into the postseason mix. And um, he, oh, by the way, uh, one of my listeners just wrote in something in the chat. Uh, Garrett Clemens pointed out that Dusty Baker had ridiculous talent, too. That's right. He was a wonderful player. He was an all-star caliber player. Played for many years. Predominantly, his best years were with the Los Angeles Dodgers, where he did win a ring as a member of the 81 Dodgers. He's also an answer to the trivia question, who was on deck when Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run with the Atlanta Braves in 1974. Uh, that would be Dusty Baker. Um, I digress. The baseball playoffs expanded in 1969. You had the League Championship Series, which was best of three between 1969 and 1984. League Championship Series expanded to seven games after the 84 season. They expanded to a wild card division series round starting the first time they played was 1995. Wild card game was added in 2012. And the uh, current wild card series began this year. Only once since the expansion of the playoffs has a team gone into the World Series undefeated in the playoffs? And that was the 1976 Cincinnati Reds. And they had a much easier route. Not to say they played an easy team. The 1976 Philadelphia Phillies were a very good team. The Reds swept them in a best of five before going to the World Series. So they went 3-0 they and before going to the World Series, where they wound up sweeping the Yankees for the only clean sweep of a, of a championship since the advent of the playoffs. But the Astros have a harder road because they had to play a division series against a good Mariners team. They swept the Mariners, even with an 18-inning game, 3-0. and Okay, they matched the Reds. Now they had to go to play, play the Yankees. So they're going into the... World Series, 7-0. No team has done that before. No team has ever gone into a World Series with their entire, um, uh, has ever gone to the World Series in the era of the wild card in a clean sweep. There have been some teams that swept the league championship series and went into the World Series. The, you know, I remember the uh, Detroit Tigers, swept the uh, Kansas City Royals in the league championship. But those are all the best. Those are all best of five series. There were a few sweeps in the best of seven series, but then that team never went on to sweep the World Series. Since the beginning of the wildcard era, no team has gone into the World Series undefeated in the postseason. A couple have only lost one. The Braves in 95. The uh, Yankees in 99. Chicago White Sox in 05, but they, they would have one loss. Each one of them had one loss. And so here we are. We've not seen a perfect postseason since the 76 Reds. And Dusty Baker has this team lined up to do it in a three-tier playoff system. And he's going to be the favorite. And all the hand-wringing about... Oh, this team had 
too much rest because they didn't play in the wild card round or everything like that. The Phillies and the Astros are going to have the exact same number of days of rest. And look it. If you want to bet online, I'm not going to do another read for them. If you're going to go on to bet online, uh, you would have lost a lot of money putting money down for what should happen in this in this postseason. The fact that the Phillies, the sixth seed out of six in the National League, is still standing shows that this has been a bizarre, bizarre October. But kind of like when the Colorado Rockies swept their way into the World Series in 2007, there was a sense of, oh, no, this may be the point where the Cinderella slipper is going to end. I don't know if that analogy 100% made sense, but it made sense in my brain. This Astros team is better than the Phillies. This Astros team knows that they can win a World Series, a scandal-free World Series, and coronate Dusty Baker as a World Series winner. They have that mission. And I could just say, when you see the way this pitching staff is set up and the fact that they'll be rested and ready, and you see the way this lineup is set up and know that they'll be not intimidated by anything Philadelphia's going to bring at them. This is going to be an unbelievable series. And I'm going to say something. I'm I'm rooting for Houston. I am. I'd like to see Houston win. And it's not because I have any ill will towards the Phillies. If the Phillies win, I think it's a nice story. But if the Astros win, I think it's an all-time story. If the Astros sweep the Phillies, then this is historic. But even if it's a best, even if it's a game seven uh, coming down to the wire, I want to see Dusty win. I do. I think that I want to see him in the Hall of Fame, and I want his final critic to have their mouth shut. Now, the fact that I want Houston to win, but let the record show, I want Houston to win last year too. I have no connection with Atlanta and I still have the love for Dusty in fact last year's team I may even want to win a little more a because I've never been an Atlanta fan but also that team had both Dusty Baker and Zach Grinke two of my favorite people in baseball but here we go but I know I'm alone and I know there are some Astros fans out there who cannot come to grips with that fact I've had uh, someone named Kyle Garner uh, post a lot of uh, responses on the YouTube page, comments, uh, calling me out for saying that the Astros are going to be the villain in many people's eyes regarding the upcoming postseason. Um, I don't see how that could possibly be a controversial statement. I think it's a statement of fact. Uh, And it's because of what happened obviously in 2017 and kind of like how the Patriots, and again, I know nothing about football, but I know that the Patriots were vilified for the deflating of football, for the act of putting a football under their arm going for deflating football slightly that hung over virtually every win they had for, you know, before and after whether it was fair or not, whether it really gave them an advantage or not. 
And okay, as I said, I'm a native New Englander. I don't care about the Patriots. I would give away all the Patriots Super Bowls for J.D. Drew to get an extra base hit with the bases loaded in the eighth inning of Game 7 of the 2008 American League Championship Series. I digress. I do understand, everyone assumes I'm a Patriot fan, when the vitriol that they were the bad guys at all these upcoming Super Bowls and everything like that, I understand that it's sitting there and they were called cheaters and all this other thing, all these other aspects of them were thrown at a Patriot fan's face. I get it. They're the bad guys. And, you know, a couple of people, Kyle Garner was one, a couple other Astro fans were saying that all this bad guy, good guy is made up and this isn't comic book stuff. Of course it's made up. It's a narrative. And for some people, that's part of the fun. Rooting against the Yankees has been something people have been doing for decades. That's what there's a musical called Damn Yankees. And I also know that everybody hates Boston. Everybody roots against Boston almost every conceivable time. The you know, Boston fans, we had one moment where we were cute and cuddly, which was when the 2004 title was won. We got to cry at our grandmother's grave. After that, people were saying, I mean, believe me, I heard more than one person say, you're just as bad as the Yankees. Now you're just like the Yankees, of which I said, great. That's what we wanted. No one boos bad teams. When was the last time you ever said, oh, I hate those Marlins? That never happens. But the Astros had were caught in a cheating scandal. And it's the sort of thing that people won't let go of for this reason. It's a scandal that's fun. It doesn't involve people getting injured. It doesn't involve abuse. doesn't involve taking drugs. doesn't involve abusing your body or other people or doing something illegal or wrong or harassment. It's to do with banging a trash can, just like the Patriots thing was about deflating a football. Those types of scandals are fun. They're fun to hang on to. And being the villain or the hero is a fun aspect. Remember, this is an entertainment. And you always have to have someone to root for. But, but like any James Bond film, the best ones are the ones that have the best villain. The Yankees and the Red Sox have been villains for a long time. And then when you have a team that you can you know, root against, it makes the vitriol of it fun. Look at Twitter. Look at everything that is in Astros Twitter right now. It's almost all, in terms of baseball, it's almost all about, I guess, we're all jumping on the Phillies bandwagon. Now, I'm actually not because I want to see Dusty Baker win. But I'm rare in that way. I also didn't root for the Cubs in the 2016 World Series. I rooted for Cleveland. Remember I said those gut punch games, like the Francisco Cabrera game? Game seven of the 2016 World Series was one for me because I was rooting for Cleveland for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm a huge Francona fan. Secondly, I thought Cleveland was the real underdog in that. And also, I hated Aroldis Chapman, and I did not want to see the clip of Aroldis Chapman celebrating a World Series championship be the clip I see for the rest of my life. As it turns out, Chapman did have a highlight, and that was coughing up the Rajay Davis home run. And I have no quarrel with Mike Montgomery, who did indeed get the save in the World Series, but I was rooting for Cleveland. But know that for most people, they were rooting for the Cubs. 
They were the good guys in that situation. And yeah, it's fabricated. Of course it is. I get it, and I get that the people rooting against the Astros can sometimes be irrational and sometimes not completely linked with reality. Last year, people were rooting for the Braves against the Astros because those Astros are a bunch of cheaters, is what people were saying. And one of the people who they cheered for to help beat the Astros was Charlie Morton, who was a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves in last year's World Series. Charlie Morton, if you don't remember, was the pitcher on the mound when the Houston Astros won the controversial 2017 World Series. He literally was the one who was jumping up and down and people dogpiling on him at the on the mound in Dodger Stadium. And now they're saying like, oh, beat those cheaters, Charlie Morton, as if he w- didn't benefit from that team. So yeah, because they did a scandal that was a fun scandal, people aren't going to let go of it. And I, And if you bring up the previous pennants of World Series titles, you can't be surprised that people will say, yeah, we don't count 2017. Probably shouldn't count 2019. Now, one thing I will say is that the amount of scrutiny that they faced in the wake of finding what happened in those years has made it so there's no way anyone could say this is anything but a clean title in these back-to-back pennants. And it makes it kind of sad because they probably didn't have to do all that cheating that they did before anyway. But know that that's there. And that's why they're going to be the bad guys. Now, you may not believe that if you're an Astros fan, but it's because maybe your head is in the sand. I don't know what to say about that. What I would do if I were you is embrace it. That's one of the things I actually kind of admired about Carlos Correa in his final few years with the Houston Astros is he kind of embraces, all right, we're the bad guys, fine. Fun, we're the bad guys. You know, like the Detroit Pistons of the late 1980s. Be the bad boys. Why not? Sometimes it's fun. And because it's about a scandal that is fun, yeah, it's going to be there. And it's going to be mentioned. You may not like that it's going to be mentioned. You may not think it's fair that it's going to be mentioned. But you're still not taking down the world championship banner. Still talking about four pennants and all these championships. So if you're still going to brag about it, Don't be stunned when people bring up the fact that they don't acknowledge the first one. Either way, I hope they win because I want Dusty Baker to win. And if you can't see that your team has taken the role of the post-deflate-gate Patriots, then I'm sorry, you're not living in reality. Embrace it. Have fun with it. Because in the end, a trash can scandal... And a deflate gate scandal and following the games themselves are and always will be fun. We got a World Series and it's not starting for a couple of days, which is weird. So we're still going to be doing, um, you know, obviously I've done a bunch of podcasts over these last bunch of days, um, but we don't have a game scheduled until Friday. So we got some things that we'll cover between now and then, including a couple World Series picks. And I'll try to get people on who are big Astros and Phillies fans. We may even look back to the last time the Astros and the Phillies met in the postseason, which was back when, excuse me, when the Astros were a National League team. Remember that? The Astros were a National League team, and they faced the Phillies in the 1980 National League Championship Series, which is arguably the greatest postseason series of all time. 
Well, maybe we'll have the greatest World Series of all time. I don't know. I want us to have something exciting. I want to. Here's what I want. Besides seeing Dusty Baker coronated, I want a game that is so thrilling and someone puts it on their shoulders as a victory so clearly that it becomes the blank game. You know, kind of like when Reggie hit his three home runs in 1977, that was the Reggie Jackson game. Or when Kirby Puckett did everything, including the walk-off home run in 1991, that was the Puckett game. I want to see a game like that. I want to see a game where someone just picks it up, puts it on their shoulders, a la Pablo Sandoval hitting the three home runs against the Detroit Tigers in that World Series game, or the cop jumping up and down when Ortiz hit the grand slam. I want a game like that. I want a classic, maybe two, maybe seven. But hey, until then, uh, we got no baseball for a few days, but we got lots of podcasts coming up. And I want to thank everyone here for making Locked On MLB your first listen. Now, what about your second listen? Your second listen should be the podcast called Locked On Sports Today. Get the biggest stories and of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Doing two this day, and maybe taking a day off, I'm not sure. This has been Locked On MLB, recording on the 23rd day of October 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.